This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergat. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Joining us on the telephone as he does on these Wednesdays is Sean Bolson. He's been with the podcast right from uh, day one. And Sean, thanks for joining us uh, once again uh, this morning. And after the Kirk Cousins injury, I wasn't sure how I'd feel about the Vikings game after the coming week. I mean, gosh, we didn't know who was going to be the quarterback. We thought it was going to be Jaron Hall. He goes out. Somehow Josh Dobbs, the rocket scientist, they're calling him the pastronaut, uh, comes in and wins the game in thrilling fashion. Uh, that's as good as I've felt after a Vikings game as I can remember in a while because it was so unexpected. Yeah, it was. And, it, you know, it didn't start off great. He comes in, you know, gets sacked for his safety, you know, has a ball slip out of his hands, has a turnover. But, you know, he kept going back to the sidelines. He kept getting coached up. Obviously, some of his just natural athletic ability took over, and he was able to use his feet. You know, he was accurate on a couple key passes, and, and he got it done. It was very exciting. Um after, you know, I wasn't overly optimistic with Hall going in, but after he went out, I thought, you know, we got a guy who's been here for three days. Yeah. And then after that start, you looked and you went, oh, boy, this is kind of comical at this point. And, mm-hmm. then you, and then they announced Cam Akers is our third-string emergency quarterback, and he goes out. So I'm thinking, you know, be careful while you're running. If you get hurt, we're in some serious trouble. But, <laughs> right. man, he really let us back and, you know, used his legs and made a couple of key passes. It was a very entertaining win. And very fun to watch. Yeah. You know, they asked uh, O'Connell about that. What if Dobbs had gone down since Akers was out of the game during the course of it? And he said, well, I was going to start asking running backs and wide receivers if they had ever taken snaps before. So they really were down to the last guy. And fortunately, Dobbs was able to, you know, run and, and like you said, complete some key passes and, and get help from the rest. I mean, there's so many injuries that Jefferson down and, and uh, you know, Derisau and then Akers goes down and Osborne gets concussed during the game. And Jaron Hall, as you referenced, and actually Jaron Hall was looking good. I mean, his second, first one, three and out. Second one, he goes right down the field and takes him to the two-yard line. And then, unfortunately, he thought he was a big guy, which he isn't. And he paid for it then when he tried to run over a couple of big guys and winds up getting concussed and, and loses his chance in the middle of it. And then Dobbs come in. But everybody else to, has to pick it up when your stars are down. They're 4-0 and without Justin Jefferson. Not because suddenly other wide receivers are acting like Justin Jefferson, but the whole team has picked up their play, like you referenced the defense in particular. It has. And the, de- the defense, you know, we did give up some points last game, but we've had some, you know, key turnovers. And, yep. you know, the secondary is playing good. Byron Murphy, Bynum, you know, uh, Harrison Smith is playing about as good as he's played. Daniel Hunter's playing like an MVP. Um, so it's really fun to see the defense, you know, rise up and, and, and make some plays. And then on the offense, when you have Darissa out and Questenberry steps in, you have Osborne out, and then you have a couple guys come in for that. You have Addison playing at a level that he needed to get to and was able to get to when Jefferson wasn't the complete focal point. So as Jefferson comes back, and then you have Addison, and who knows if Osborne, you know, I don't know what the status on him, but then you have the Powell, you have some other guys, and then you have Hawkinson, you have Johnny Munt, who's been all right, and, you know, you have Dobbs, who now gives you a little bit different, uh, you know, feel back there. You know, he's got the legs, 
the thing that scares me is running quarterbacks in the NFL. Wow. They'd have a pretty short uh, shelf life because of what happened at you know Hall. You see this. Uh, they get injured a lot, but he seems to be a very smart guy, obviously, as you referenced, uh, ro- uh, literally a rocket scientist. <laughs> right. So picking up an offense isn't that big of a deal to him, and he really did a nice job filling in once he got settled in, and he did what it needed to get to get done. And, you know, everybody was so excited after the game. It was fun to see the enthusiasm of O'Connell, of Dobbs, and just how the whole team rallied around him. So it was a, it was a very, very good win for the Bikes going into a stretch where we know we can win you know, three or four for the next five. You know, I was excited before last season when they when they brought in Kevin O'Connell. I was I wanted an offensive minded head coach before they hired Zimmer, uh, and then they hire him. But then they hired Norv Turner right after. I said, okay, I can live with that. They've got a good veteran. I didn't know Zimmer was going to fire offensive coordinators every year and keep changing things. That made it difficult on Cousins and the rest of the offense. If Mike Zimmer faces the situation that Kevin O'Connell just faced this last week, they don't pull all that off because we're giving Dobbs all the credit, but boy, Kevin O'Connell deserves a lot of it too. He was apparently uh, looking at uh, plays that Dobbs had run with Arizona, telling him what that play was, but here's what it means in our vernacular. And then he was giving him key reads right before they got to that 15 seconds on the play clock when the microphones are cut off. So he, the, the guys on the sideline and who were listening in said O'Connell had the play call in so quickly so that he could tell Dobbs what he should be looking for and give him some keys as well. So while Josh Dobbs is a rocket scientist, uh, Kevin O'Connell's an offensive genius. He's a football scientist. A lot of people thinking he might be uh, the next great head coach in the NFL. Pulling that off on Sunday, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, it is. I mean, to be able to, you know, the, the big thing, it, it isn't the schemes because a quarterback can catch on the schemes. From what I hear, it's the language. Yeah. It's, yep. you know, what do we call this? How do we call that? What are you looking for? And for him to, you know, dumb it down isn't the right term, but in this sense it kind of was because you just basically had to get the, the scheme to him you know, with different language that he hadn't heard and he hadn't really been a part of because, you know, he didn't take the first-team snaps because Hall was getting ready for his first start. We're going to give, yeah. you know, this rookie a chance. And, you know, just in case Dobbs here, well, here, you know, seven, eight minutes into the game, now he's your guy. So uh, it, it was really impressive. And then, you know, Flores continues to impress me with his different looks. You did have some times where you saw him only rushing three. It's not just a matter of let's send the house every single time. Mm-hmm. He is doing a really nice job on the defensive side of the ball. And like I said, we gave up a couple more points than I'd like to see this last uh, week. In the last drive, they really did run it down our throat. Sometimes the running game can still be a Achilles heel for our defensive stop. But overall, they're playing together and they're doing you know what it takes to win four games in a row. And that's all we ask. No doubt. And I knew that uh, Flores was going to have a, a, a blitz-heavy uh, defense. I didn't know he was going to blitz 20% more than any other team in the NFL. I mean, they're the most blitzed team, and it's not close, uh, who's second. So he is bringing the pressure in part to protect his secondary as long as you get there. But he, but he seems to have guys that he blitzes that are able to get there enough because the probably in part because the offensive line has to pay so much attention to Daniel Hunter. As you just referenced, he's having a terrific season. Uh, thankfully, he is. And, and I'm glad that they didn't 
decide after losing Cousins before the trade deadline, uh, even though I was saying, you know, it wouldn't hurt if they looked around for trades. I'm glad they didn't because I'd rather watch winning football. But I'm sure that their phone was ringing off the hook after the Cousins injury about, hey, would you like to deal Daniil Hunter to us? We could use him. Here's what we'll give you. Uh, and other players as well. They resist that. They move forward. And it looks like they have a path forward. Now, I hope it isn't fool's gold with Josh Dobbs. There's a reason the Vikings are his sixth team since last September, uh, because other teams did not see the qualities in him that we saw uh, this last week. Hopefully he can keep playing like that, but we're going to have some bumps in the road with him too, I'm sure. Yeah, you are going to have some bumps in the road. He's not the most accurate passer out yep, there, yep. but you know he has other tools to, uh, to make up for that. And then when you talk about defense, I mean, Bynum is playing. He, if Bynum would have caught all the interceptions that actually hit him in the hand, <laughs> I mean, I think he'd be leading the league. And, and not to take away from him, he's still playing good. Yep. But then you have Byron Murphy, who's really taking his game to another level. And then, like, you know, Harrison Smith on the defensive side, he's playing as good as I've seen him play. So it is exciting to watch. Uh, you talk about some of the top teams. You know, we beat San Fran with a healthy Cousins. You look at the Eagles, who, you know, depending on how you're looking at the uh, play at the goal line, could have easily lost to the Cowboys. Um, there's no team that's absolutely just running everybody. Do I think Dobbs sets us up to make a run to the Super Bowl? At this point, no. Mm. But you know what? This is extremely entertaining. Yeah. And like we see in all sports, you uh, need a chance. If you can get into the playoffs, which if it ended today, the Vikes would. Yep. You never know what happens. Yeah. And it's given us some entertainment each week. And if this is a you know rebuild but yet not have to tank, uh, you know, I, I like it because there are going to be some people in the draft that can help us next year. What we do as Cousins is going to be interesting. I still really like the level he's playing at. If he can recover from this injury, I wouldn't mind seeing you know, him sign to a two- or three-year deal and us getting that next person that we want to groom under him. And, you know, I'm okay with the future and, and the direction the Vikings are heading right now. Yeah, me too. Uh, it, that's the big question once they get to the offseason. It's, well, who is the quarterback? Uh, I honestly don't believe next year's starting quarterback is healthy and on the roster right now. Cousins isn't healthy. He certainly could be that guy. I don't think they're going to move forward with Josh, uh, with Dobbs or Hall, uh, and obviously then the other two guys are, are career backups, as Dobbs has been. He's been a, a career journeyman up till this point, but he's hopefully going to take uh, advantage of his opportunity right here with the Vikings. But that is the big question. Uh, Greg and I talked about this on Monday. Uh, my guess is three years and about $90 million might get Cousins uh, to stay home with the Vikings. Unfortunately for him, bad timing with the injury, especially as big an injury as an Achilles is, that's going to wind up costing him, you know, $10, $20 million on his next contract. Yeah, it is. And the one other thing that I'd like to touch on with the Vikes is we've been through some prima donna receivers, you know, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Diggs. Um, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of his, his career, feeling a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. he was still beloved by everybody. But you look at Jefferson, and you look at all these guys, some of these uh, you know, top wide receivers are a bit of divas, and they don't, you know, it's all about them. He isn't playing. He's on the sidelines. He's traveling with the team. He's the biggest cheerleader on the sidelines. You know, it's exciting to see. I just yeah. get a feel with this team like they actually care about each other, yeah. and the top guys, which don't always have to feel like they're really part of the team. We've seen it in the past. You know, Diggs was was about Stefan Diggs. He wasn't about the team. And I look at a guy with energy performing at the level like he has, like Jefferson, and just being there to support the team and being as excited about the win as anybody else, it's a breath of fresh air. We talk about guys that fit in 
with the Minnesota fan base. And we like to see that. We like to see the hardworking guys that actually care for others and not just themselves. And so I'm excited about that going forward. And you know what? Jefferson's a big Cousins fan. And yeah. then you see yeah. Dobbs come in and succeed. Jefferson's super excited for him. So I'm excited to get him back. I think he's just going to make our wide receiver and our skill positions even you know that much stronger. So yeah. I really, really am enjoying watching the Vikings this year. And it's been a fun team to watch for the last four games. Yeah, they aren't 4-0 and without Justin Jefferson because they don't have Justin Jefferson. Uh, they've gotten there because everybody else has picked up their play, and the schedule has changed. You know, when Jefferson was in the game, they were playing the Eagles and, and uh, Kansas City. Uh, San Francisco, although they beat them. Well, he wasn't in the lineup against San Francisco. But uh, uh, it, it got a little, a little tougher uh, or a little softer in the schedule. Hopefully they can uh, continue that with New Orleans this week, although the Saints are pretty tough, and actually they're in Minnesota, and yet the Saints are, I think it's two points is the spread right now. They're favored against the Vikings uh, with Derek Carr at quarterback. So, again, a big test in front of them this week. It is, and I think it just went to two and a half, so some of that money okay. coming out a little heavier on the Saints. They're looking at... You know, is there a letdown? Does everybody get all Josh Dobbs crazed and they're saying, hey, you know what, he's coming back down to earth? Maybe. But you know what? I give him another week with the offense, learning the terminology, learning some more of the schemes that O'Connell, who we both reference, is a pretty brilliant offensive coach. Yep. Um, our defense is playing at a good level. Uh, Derek Carr's playing well. You know, they have a, a good running game with Kamara. That's been a, uh, been a weakness of the Vikes. No matter what we've done, we haven't been able to get the run game going. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to, spy Dobbs to try to take away the run and really try to cover up the receivers. But, you know, we found a way to get it done the last four weeks, and I think it's going to be an entertaining game, and I think we can get it done this week. Yeah, that's right. I hope so, too. So Vikings and Saints coming up. We'll have it here on KWLM. So the Wild, uh, back-to-back wins for the first time this year. Are you seeing some improvement with the team? Are they starting to come and and, uh, get a little bit uh, playing a little more cohesive? Yeah, a little bit. You know, last night Maroon scored, I think, 19 seconds in. Yeah. He's not the guy you're going to, you know, think's going to lead your team in scoring. But, uh, you know, they're getting contributions from people. You got Kaprizov still performing, scored again last night at a high level. Fleury playing okay. Gustafson struggling at times, playing okay. Um, you know, they're going to get a big test tomorrow. They have the Rangers, who are really good this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're back to what? I think they're 5-5-2, five, five and two, right around that yep. 500 mark. Yep. So they're not playing good, managing to keep it at 500. They need to get on a roll and you know roll off you know four or five in a row. But uh, yeah, they're they're playing okay right now. Brock Faber on the back end is you know a, a defenseman from Maple Grove, a youngster. He's playing really really well paired with Brodine and and you know the overall they're 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 getting blown out at times. But yet they go into a game last night against the Islanders with a pretty talented te- or the uh, yeah Islanders mm-hmm. with a pretty talented team and they get it done on the road. So. It's just going to be a grind. The parity in the NHL outside of like what you call the Vegas Knights is, is pretty close. Anybody can win on any, any night. It's just going to be a couple little things. You get some good goaltending, you get some breaks, and, and you create the breaks yourself. But, yeah, they're, they're doing okay. Not overly impressive right now, but hanging in that 500 mark. So I think they'll be okay. Yeah, the um, biggest concern expressed by Dean Evason here uh, early part of the season has been the play of the defense, and and that's been hurt because of Jared Spurgeon uh, not playing yet this year because he suffered an injury in the preseason. But last night, you know, they held the Isles to 29 shots uh, on goal. That's a decent number. If you can keep an NHL opponent to fewer than 30 shots on goal in the course of the game, you must have been playing some pretty solid defense. 
Yeah, and, you know, the goalie's save percentage is over 90. We've had yeah. some this year where it's in the low 80s. You're not going to win NHL games with that. So right. think about two goals on 29 shots. You know, those are the kind of numbers where if you have some offense, you can win those games. Giving up the four, five, six, seven goals, you know, those get tough to win. So, And it does still appear to be pretty much a two-goalie system. I kind of thought uh, they were going to go one, but now that's last night was six games. Uh, out of 12 that they've played so far this year, I think they're 5-5-2 five, five, and two, where Fleury has been the goaltender. So it is still pretty much a two-goalie system. It is. And Gustafson, you know, at home the other week, last weekend, gave up, you know, three goals right away. And so yeah. both of the goalies haven't been, you know, absolute stone walls in the crease. But like I said, we get to stuff like last night where you give up two goals and 29 shots. Those are numbers where you can win. So, um it, it does bode well for the rest of the season if you do keep them both kind of fresh. Would you like to see one guy step up and command 75% of the games? Yeah, but at this point, we haven't had somebody play to that level. So, you know, we have two capable goaltenders right now that we need to just both elevate their level a bit to uh, give us a chance to win. I worry that Gustafson is having a little bit of contractitis, uh, meaning that he gets the big contract and then he presses because he wants to prove that he deserves it. Uh, and so far he's struggling. A four eight nine goals against average. That's more than two goals higher than his career average. So he's just really struggling right now. He is struggling. But then you see they rattle off a couple of, uh, you know, one goal, two goal shutouts, whatever, and then get that number back down. But the key is, is you know, if the defense does improve in front of them, it makes it a lot easier because shots when your defense is in the correct position and has people spaced out, cleared out. Um, a lot easier to make than if your defense has breakdowns, giving up odd man rushes, and and uh, you, you know you have some of the you have the best offensive players in the world, and when they're coming down two on one because you had a defensive breakdown, chance to make the save drastically decreases versus if you have defense in the right position and you're just fielding regular shots. So I do think as we improve in front of them and as they in, you know pick up their game, that's going to be a good combination. Sonny Gray is one of the three finalists for the Cy Young Award in the American League. That was announced earlier this week. I uh, probably won't win it. It's going to likely be Jared Cole uh, for the Yankees. But it just points out what a good year Gray had this year for the Twins, leading him to the playoffs and then a playoff series victory. But he's a free agent. Uh, the Twins did give him a qualifying offer, which he'll likely reject and go into free agency. It just means if someone else signs him, the Twins then get a draft pick compensation. It comes between the first and second round. So it is good uh, comp- compensation um, for the, for the uh, Twins in that case. Uh, would you bring Sonny Gray back to the Twins? Well, we've complained about pitching for years. If yeah. we can afford him and still you know, feel a good team with his number against the cap or against what we can spend, yeah, I would say I, I don't have a problem with that because baseball is a little bit different where yeah. – you know, if you have the money, you can spend it. But uh, I don't know, um, you know, what he wants. This was a really entertaining year for the Twins to get, yeah. you know, after our 0-18 playoff drought to get a playoff win. And then, you know, to, we came up against a really good Astros team that, that was better than us. But in order for us to make runs like we did, we're going to need some good pitching. And to have a, one of the top three guys in the American League is a really big deal. So, obviously, if we can get him, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I would too. I don't know what that number is going to be for him. It could be pushing $100 million. So we'll see if the Twins uh, do that or not. Sean, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 
Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.